What's going on, everybody? Thank you for joining us tonight. This is the Winchill Factor. I'm your host, Justice General, and today I have a very special guest, founder of Built in Buffalo, uh, host of Conflict of Interest, Bill Zology, uh, Blue, Buffalo Blueprint, um, uh, Built in Buffalo post game show. Like, how are you, <laughs> gentlemen? Uh, this is Akeem King Richard, King Richens. Um, what's going on? Hey, Rich. Hey, Rich. Akeem Richens, Justice. You know my saying, if you don't know us by now, please get to know us. This is indeed Built in Buffalo. Uh, I'm excited to be on your show, bro. How you doing? I'm great, man. Appreciate you for coming on. Um, absolutely wanted to. I wanted to talk about what happened last night, but I figured, you know, might as well save it for the, the show. Plus, it was kind of late last night. But yep, yep. Uh, we're just going to go ahead and get into a championship re- like, just review, I guess. Um, it was a crazy NFL championship Sunday. Um, I think this entire NFL playoffs has been kind of phenomenal, to be honest with you. What, what's your thoughts on just how the whole entire playoffs is shaking out, um, you know, thus far? Uh, I, I think it's been a, a phenomenal playoffs, this this NFL postseason. And this NFL postseason is, is, the, is the reason why the NFL is the best sport in the world. Right. This is the reason why it is one of the one of the the greatest games in the world. Besides the the first round, you know, the first round we had the blowouts with the the Eagles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Buck and the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. Besides that seventh team kind of blowout the first weekend, it's been a it's been a great great playoffs to to witness as a fan. Even if your team wasn't in the playoffs, and it was especially interesting if your team was actually participating in these playoffs in twenty twenty two. Absolutely. Um, I, I feel like. What, what was your favorite game overall? I mean, it's easy to say the Bills Chiefs game because it was a phenomenal game, but we are obviously directly involved in that. Outside of that game, what would you say was the most exciting game? Um, you know, between week eighteen and the playoffs so far. Uh, I gotta say, uh, I was first of all, I'm a football fan, so all the games I was really, I was really geared up for San Francisco and Green Bay, uh, all the games. But I really enjoyed uh, yesterday's game between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs. Right, we here we here we are having Patrick Mahomes come out come out in the first half. He's looking like he's playing the Buffalo Bills all over again from last week throwing three touchdowns the Kansas City Chiefs is on a roll everybody had the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl when they took that lead right and then all of a sudden this Cincinnati Bengals squad that that shows perseverance and show a a no-quit attitude they just kept fighting back and kept fighting back and before you know it ladies and gentlemen we had ourselves a ball game and that was one of the great games that uh, I was able to witness yesterday, and that was the AFC Championship game. Speaking of the AFC Championship game, you kind of you alluded to it. Kansas City Chiefs come out; they start very, very fast. They go three of three in terms of their first three possessions for touchdowns. Uh, go right down the field; they look unstoppable. Mm-hmm. And they kind of come at halftime; they have an opportunity for points. They don't punch it in. They don't get field goal. They kind of just leave those points on the board, you know, to end the half and. It was pretty much all downhill from there. Um, can I get your thoughts on how you feel Patrick Mahomes did in this game overall? Uh, first of all, I want to give the credit. I want to give credit to the Cincinnati Bengals defense, right? I don't want to take nothing away from them. They did a tremendous job this offseason uh, accumulating talent. They accumulated Jesse Bates to safety. Uh, they got Eli Apple, and people want to – Going to try to shit on Eli Apple a little bit, but he's been an upgrade for them as a as a cornerback uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. They went ahead and got Trey Hendrickson this past season, and that's a guy that I wanted the Buffalo Bills to go after. Right, the former New Orleans Saints guy. He showed that he was effective in his pass rushing and sacks with the New Orleans Saints, and he showed this year for the Cincinnati Bengals that it wasn't no fluke. Coming in, coming in with 14 sacks on this on the season. He was disruptive last night in terms of in terms of getting to the quarterback and taking down the quarterback. 
So uh, I have to give a lot of credit to what the Cincinnati Bengals was able to do on defense. At the same time, uh, Patrick Mahomes, especially in that second half, he didn't look like the Patrick Mahomes from last week, and he didn't look like the Patrick Mahomes from the first half. Ever since that, uh, ever since the first half, the end of the half, when they were supposed to get some type of points, I'm not sure what the thought process was with the team and with the coaching staff going down in that on that goal line. Maybe they they was too full of themselves. Maybe they was extra cocky and extra confident. But ever since that play, when you were supposed to get points and you didn't get points. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs went downhill from there. And we've seen errant throws from Patrick Mahomes, right? We've seen him throwing behind players. We've seen him throwing over players, throwing over the player's head. He threw two picks in that game. So as much as I want to give credit to the Cincinnati Bengals defense, I also got to call a spade a spade. Patrick Mahomes wasn't looking like the Patrick Mahomes we was uh, we was seeing last week throughout the course of the Buffalo Bills game. I got a pretty forward question for you. Shoot. Yes or no question. Of course, you can, you know, deliberate, but are, mm-hmm. um, and, and also elaborate is what I meant to say. Mm-hmm. Did the Kansas City Chiefs choke yesterday? Yes. Yes, the Kansas City Chiefs choked. You're at home. You're up 21 to three, was the score at home? Uh, you're in Arrowhead. Everybody knows that the Kansas City Chiefs is a high-flying, high-powered offense. Everybody had them going to the Super Bowl at halftime. You're you're in front of thousands and thousands of your fans. And not only did you lose, you let a team that is hasn't been accustomed to making the playoffs these last 17 years, right? And then they came from an 18-point deficit on your home field and and beat you in overtime. So, yes, the Kansas City Chiefs did choke. If the Buffalo Bills choked last week, most certainly the Kansas City Chiefs choked this week. Did Patrick Mahomes choke? Yes. <laughs> yes, Patrick Mahomes did choke. You're you're facing Aaron. People call me a hater. I just gotta get in my opinion. No, we gotta call a spade a spade here. It's not is not hate. You're up 18 points. You're supposed to be the best quarterback or one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. You're getting paid a half a billion dollars to get the job done. Your team is up 18 points, right? So you had three TDs to start the half, and you ended the game with three TDs. So uh it, it, it was it, it definitely definitely was uh something to say in terms of choke and i think he did where was tyreek hill all second half where was where was these 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 all world players all second half um patrick mahomes almost fumbled the game away and in, 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 at the end of regulation he almost gave the game up at the end of regulation so i mean we got to call a spade a spade we us as content creators or us as 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 people we, we have to call it like we see it. And people may not like it, but it is what it is. Patrick Mahomes did indeed choke you up 18 at home. See, <clears throat> I was challenged for that because I said Patrick Mahomes choked. And although I do think the defense stepped up uh, mighty big time, big time. This is a nice defense stepped up big time. Of course. Uh, defensive coordinator, you know, made in-game adjusting, adjustments rather. Mm-hmm. And was able to, you know, put the Chiefs in the bad position. And I, I give them kudos for that. But at the same time, you know, somebody asked me to define choking, right? They were like, okay, so you basically think choking is you losing by a certain amount, you know, at any given point in the game. And I'm like, yeah, but no, right? Mm-hmm. That's a lot more nuanced than that, right? Like mm-hmm. choking, it, it's, it's a moment thing, right? Mm-hmm. If, you, if it's your moment. You have the moment. It's right in front of you, and you can take it or you can choke it away, mm-hmm. whether that's a game, a half, a, a drive, a play. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Like, if you choke it away, you choke it away. And, you know, having – what was they say? They said it was 55 yards of, of passing offense in the second half, uh, two INTs between the second half and, and overtime. You, know, he, you As you mentioned, you almost fumbled the game away. And then you mm-hmm. give up those points at the end of the half, which, in hindsight, if you make that, that – puts the game away because they, you know, I'm not on our score more than that. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of, 
you know, I, I censored myself a little bit and I said, you know, maybe Pat Mahomes didn't choke. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, Mm-mm, that man choked. Yeah, he kind of did. He kinda that did. man choked. You had the ball at the end of regulation. You was on the goal line, 10 yard line, and you got sacked twice. You're running around, you're running behind guys, you're running around for 17 yard losses. Like the way that he played, the erratic play from Patrick Mahomes that he put on display it was it was it was rather shocking. It was it was shocking to see him perform that way and he didn't make the proper de- uh decisions. You didn't throw the ball away when you're supposed to throw the ball away. Not once but twice. You f- almost fumbled the ball away. Uh you threw an interception in overtime. I didn't you even know? talk about the the pick six that Eli Apple missed. You, uh, the pick six that exactly the pick six that Eli Apple missed. It was so much things. The 18 point deficit where you couldn't you couldn't amass any more points throughout the second half. Do you really think the Cincinnati Bengals would have held the Buffalo Bills to 24 points? Do you think the Buffalo Bills would have just uh, scored a field goal after going up 21 to three? That would not have happened to Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills and. Uh, I, I I just I, I got to call it how I see it. The way the game was played and how everything played out. Yes, it's a choke job. People don't want to may not want to say it because it's Patrick Mahomes, but uh, it is what it is, man. And 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 that's what I feel Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs uh, team did. Andy Reid as well. Andy Reid is no is no is no innocent bystander in this. Right. You have an opportunity to score at the end of the half. You're you're in the goal line and you came up with a play like that. You're supposed to structure plays that you could get the ball out quick. And if you're not successful, you have enough time on that clock to kick a field goal. What are you doing? So. Absolutely. And speaking of the Buffalo Bills, my man, Buffalo Blitzkrieg, he says, you know, what's up, guys? Uh, Where was bad Mahomes in the divisional playoffs? Absolutely. Um, He says Bill staff has a lot to learn from what KC and since he did. did you know what what cincinnati did versus kc last weekend um what do you think they could learn from you know what since he did to kind of just stop patrick mahomes in that offense continue to play aggressive throughout the course of the game right don't 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 play scared don't show that you're playing tentative like it was obvious to everybody watching the tv screen that the buffalo bills the way they was playing defense and the way they was lined up they looked scared they looked scared to match up this as they already knew uh they didn't have the athletic ability to stay in front of their man and it was like they showed their hand and i think the kansas city chiefs saw that and in their minds it's a confidence builder, right? When you see guys hitting 20 yards off the ball, they're like, you know what? These guys can't stop us. These guys are showing us that they can't stop us. So let's let's prove them right and do what we have to do and make our plays. And what can't and what the Cincinnati uh Bengals did was they wasn't scared throughout the course of the game. They went down 21 to 3 and they wasn't scared. They wasn't tentative. They they remained aggressive. They remained physical. They got to the quarterback. Uh, they played excellent in coverage. Their cornerbacks was athletic and fast enough. They probably not the best cornerbacks in the world, not the not elite cornerbacks, but they was athletic enough to stay on the hip of Tyreek Hill, bother him, and 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 force some errant throws from a Patrick Mahomes. So if the Buffalo Bills could learn anything from the Cincinnati Bengals, is to stay aggressive throughout the course of the game and understand how to make. Uh, the proper adjustments, because that's also something what the Cincinnati did. Cincinnati Bengals did as well, right? Uh, they was down and they made the necessary adjustments uh, quickly to to keep their team in the game and ultimately win the game. Absolutely. Um, also, I, I was watching um, what's his name, Baldy Breakdown. I'm I'm I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Baldy's breakdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and they were talking about how on second downs in the second half, the Bengals would you know put one defensive end and he would drop in the coverage and they would rush three mm-hmm. and play man, you know, over, all over the field. And it was really bothering Patrick Mahomes and he couldn't make reads and it was a real problem for him. Um, and then not only that, but I was looking at the film and after the no in the fourth quarter when they had the opportunity to either go ahead or or tie it and patrick mahomes took that ugly sack where he almost fumbled it away 
he had Travis Kelsey coming open across the middle. That's a touchdown pass, and you probably win the game. And now, you know, they probably headed to LA. Um, you know, barring the Bengals, you know, scoring on that on an ensuing drive. But I don't know. I don't know if I would have trust Joey B to you know pull that off. To be honest with you, I don't think Joe Burrow played particularly impressive. I think he definitely made some plays. He he has some moments. You know, breaking out of sacks a couple times. You know, making some some good throws, but. I don't think he played particularly well. Um, definitely not well enough for me to have confidence in him going up against the Rams defense. Uh, I think that game is going to be bad. But um, ultimately, I feel like, you know, I he got lucky. You know, <laughs> he got lucky. You know, the other team kind of just faded into oblivion in the second half and, you know, allowed them to come back. But I'm not hating or anything. I'm, I'm just, you know saying what i what i see um and and you have we have to give we have to give the cincinnati Bengals coach and staff a little credit at the same time both offensively and defensively why because if you look at the buffalo bills game from last week a lot of those plays josh allen made was off the strength of josh allen right of course some the play call was made but he had to go make the play what the Cincinnati Bengals and their offensive staff did very well is you spoke about Joe Burrow not playing particularly well. He made plays in terms of getting his skill position players the football. They called a multitude of screen passes, and Joe Mixon was able to Joe Mixon and 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 Perrine was able to take advantage and and have those yards after the catch. Right. That's why we don't see Joe Burrow's uh, performance as an impressive performance, because the coaching staff allowed the offensive playmakers to make plays and get those necessary yak yards. And on the flip side of the Cincinnati Bengals, their defensive performance, you spoke about them rushing three and, and dropping back certain guys, a lot of guys into coverage and having a man spy, having a spy on Patrick Mahomes in a lot of instances. That is why he wasn't able to run crazy, run rapid and 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 scattering and get first downs as much as he did last week with the buffalo bills where was the defensive adjustments for the buffalo bills in terms of containing the patrick mahomes why didn't we do the necessary things and make the necessary adjustments to contain him on third and six and these uh second and long situations we continuously played the same defense we continuously over pursued as a defensive line and a defensive front and he was able to beat us with his legs and the cincinnati Bengals, they didn't allow that and that is what's most disappointing because just like Cincinnati played him earlier in the season, we played him as well. And Patrick Mahomes had that similar success. Even though they didn't win, he had similar success running the ball and getting out the pocket against the Bills in week five. So we should have been cognizant of that and, and had a better game plan to contain the legs of Patrick Mahomes. And it was rather disappointing that the Buffalo Bills defensive staff, especially when your head coach is a defensive-minded coach, he didn't do so. But the offensive-minded coach from the Cincinnati Bengals had the wherewithal to, to construct these game plans and to get with his defensive coordinators and make the necessary adjustments. So that's the frustrating part with the Buffalo Bills. And that's a, another reason why, you know, for everybody that says Leslie Frazier needs to be fired, I say, okay, I get it. He didn't have a good game by any measure. I'm not going to defend him on the type of game he has. But if you're going to point to the 13 seconds, then you have to look at McDermott I don't care who your defensive coordinator is you need to be making sure this game is over um and I, I put that on him and I know y'all not gonna say you know McDermott needs to be get rid of so uh I don't think it, you know Leslie Frazier needs to go I think uh he, he maximizes a lot of people's potential and you know people kind of judge him because he couldn't maximize the potential of two rookie pass rushers and two old super old past their prime pass rushers and, you know, there was no in between. There was no real freakish talent to even, you know what I mean, group maybe. But, again, he's a rookie. So, and who didn't even play last year? Mm -hmm. Definitely wasn't in shape to play, you know, 17 games plus playoffs. So, and you know, I – go ahead. My fault. My bad. And the people that – and listen, when the Buffalo Bills hired Leslie Frazier four years ago, I wasn't uh, particularly happy. You know, I kind of I kind of got I, I became happy over the course of the years because if the defense is performing, 
you got to give the man his flowers, no matter how your feelings was before he was hired or not. But in this particular situation, how can you fire Leslie Frazier when Sean McDermott has just as much to do with the collapse? You know, Sean McDermott can't go to Leslie Frazier and get rid of him because it's, it's partly his fault as well. You know, so it, it, it's something that um, I understand the fans, us as fans, we're upset at the, at the debacle, at the collapse. But uh, this is something where we hope that they can they can learn from and 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 become better and get if they're in this situation next year be more prepared for it absolutely um before we get away from the chiefs game i kind of wanted to ask you what's the narrative on the kansas city chiefs coming out of the uh the, the championship loss yesterday that's an excellent question um the narrative with the kansas city chiefs is in my opinion i think they're a they're a team that that choked the game away. That's my that's that's my narrative of of the of the Kansas City Chiefs game. Now, a lot of people is going to say, a lot of people is going to say, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals dethroned the Chiefs, and now they're probably the golden standard. They're probably the standard in the AFC. But in my mind, I think they're a good team, and and I think they 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 can even improve because they have a lot of cap space over 50 million dollars there Joe Burrow is on a rookie deal and things like that so they could improve in the future but the narrative in terms of the Kansas City Chiefs and what happened was uh it was a choke job it was a game they should have won at home it was a game they was leading comfortably at home in front of their fans and they lost in overtime and they had the coin flip they had the ball first like they had everything set up for a victory and a trip to go to the Super Bowl and they collapsed. So my narrative on the Kansas City Chiefs for this year is uh, they choked. They 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 choked a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Actually, absolutely. And I don't think you can really argue with that. Like you're supposed to be the best team. You know, you are hosting four straight AFC championship games. Now you're two for two. Mm-hmm. You know, and the two you went to the Super Bowl, you only won half. You know, mm-hmm. you only won one. So mm-hmm. it's how you opportunities. Lost. It's exactly. how they lost. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, you get bum rushed in the Super Bowl. You know, uh, first game, obviously, you lose to Brady. Understand that. Honestly, you, you should have won the game, but offsides penalty, you know, screws mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then obviously you have a, a lead big time to an inferior opponent. Let's be honest. Um and, and you just you give it away and you just absolutely break down in the second half. But speaking of an inferior opponent, my man Ryan C has a question. Appreciate the question, Ryan. Uh Built Buffalo family. Mm-hmm. Uh he said, as he said from day one, since he is another AFC team, the Bills now need to compete against year in and year out. Mm-hmm. Uh, present on the schedule or not, if we don't add speed and aggression, do we fall behind? So do you think there's a potential that we could fall behind not only the Chiefs, but the Cincinnati Bengals as well? Most definitely. There, there, there is definitely a potential that the Buffalo Bills can fall behind those teams. And the reason being is, is, is the organization, Brandon Bean, right? That, that staff, the scouting department, what are they going to do? In my opinion, uh, AJ Epinesa, uh, Vernon Butler, Mario Addison, that, that, that year when we signed these guys, it, we could have signed better guys. And it could be an argument could be said that that off, that, that off season and that free agency possibly set the Buffalo Bills back because they, they, they signed guys and gave them decent sized contracts to play pivotal roles. And they wasn't able to come through. They wasn't able to, to match the production with the salary. So this year is going to be even more critical for Brandon Bean. Why? Because like Ryan said, we have to worry about Justin Herbert and, and Patrick Mahomes and, and Joe Burrow and uh, a lot of these quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow is on his rookie deal, right? They made, they, they're, they're, they're in a perfect situation to Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow's on his rookie deal and they have over $50 million in cap space with a lot of the core players already in place. So the Cincinnati Bengals are a Super Bowl team this year that can be even better next year. 
You know, so they're going to fix that offensive line. They're going to fix certain things on that defense on the defensive side of the ball. So it's definitely a critical offseason for Brandon Bean. He's going to have to make some tough decisions and then he's going to have to make some right decisions in order for the Buffalo Bills to continue to keep pace. Because Josh Allen, as much as we love him, as great as he played, he played a perfect damn game and the Buffalo Bills still lost. So the Buffalo Bills need help. Josh Allen needs help. And Brandon Bean has to provide that help for him this offseason. What's the what's the biggest way in which Brandon Bean could just make this team better in a in a flash? What what's the what's the way um they do it? Obvious impact guys. Okay, obvious impact guys and go get guys that has some above above average athletic ability and speed. We tried the we tried the Vernon Butler and we tried the Mario Addison. We tried the Trent Murphys. Those guys we hope can come in and be a spark plug and and can be that 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 production that production to salary cap uh, matching ability. It didn't work, you know. So let's go get be more aggressive. Go get a guy. Let's see if we could go get a guy like a Chandler Jones. See if we could be aggressive. Go get a guy like a Javadi and Clowney. Go get obvious impact players that we all know for sure that can provide a spark. We all know for sure that are what I like to say certified ballers, right? So that's what the Buffalo Bills and Brandon B needs to do. Be aggressive. I'm not saying be uh, Los Angeles Rams aggressive, but show some type of aggression and 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 give us a fan. You owe the fan base. It's 13 seconds. We support. You owe that to the fan base now. You know, give us, give us, give us a reason to hope. Be a little aggressive and go get some, go get some uh, impact players, obvious impact players. Yes, and uh, I know there, there was a discussion on Twitter about uh, the the aggression, and and my point was I don't feel like we need to be like aggressive as the Rams. However, right. you make a great point when you say that you know we we need to be aggressive in some way, shape, or form because it's absolutely the truth, and this is the year to do it. Baron and Bean loves to hold those draft picks and and that 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 value yes and that made sense in the first two years when we weren't that good of a team you know and even this past offseason COVID and everything you know you you kind of want to make sure you're good you know what I mean I get it but now I mean you built the championship roster in in two years three years Mm -hmm. you know what I mean um go get a guy go go get a guy go get a guy who is going to be like you said an immediate impact player Mm-hmm. Somebody who is going to be a game wrecker, somebody who is going to just absolutely make plays, you know, at, at, at whatever cost. Um, I don't care if it's a defensive end or a mm-hmm. linebacker. I need somebody who runs through the line and, and puts fear in the heart of, of people. You know what I mean? Um, I need somebody like that, like a Micah Parsons. Like, oh, my God. Could you imagine Micah Parsons in oh Buffalo? Disgusting. Absolutely oh my disgusting. Oh, my but, um, gosh. We got a super chat from a girl, Brooke, built some Buffalo family in the house. Appreciate you, Brooke. She says 13 seconds. He threw in an interception. Karma's a bitch. Also, don't be like the Rams and only think short term. Think long term. I agree with you, Brooke. And I think that's exactly what Brandon Bean is thinking as well. Um, that is but, funny. He did throw an interception, you know, 13 seconds in overtime. But I have to say this, right? And this is what... It's it's kind of puzzling for me a little bit. Brandon Bean, Buffalo Bills, they they know what the Kansas City Chiefs were last year. They know what they know that the Kansas City Chiefs was obviously more athletic and obviously faster last year. They knew that there was a mismatch problem last year. What what was your thought process? Why would you think that we can solely depend on? Uh, uh, a 30th pick in the first round. I love Gregory Russo. And I think he's going to be a tremendous player. I think he's going to develop into, tr- into a tremendous player. But why would you think that getting back-to-back defensive ends would be the the would be the 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 end-all be-all in terms of the Buffalo Bills now being able to match up with the Kansas City Chiefs? Why would you depend on two rookies? And not go get anything in the back end, not go get anything of impact to really solidify this roster. And that's what's puzzling to me. Uh, did you think the group Gregory Russo and, and Carlos Basham was the only two players that was missing to now dethrone the Chiefs? And obviously, from what we saw in the game, it wasn't because they was non-factors 
in the divisional round. So I, I was, I'm just curious to know their thought process with that, man. And it's, it's, this is disappointing. And I hope we could be a little bit more aggressive this off season. Absolutely. Um, you know, I kind of give them the benefit of the doubt, uh, again, for last season, of course, you know, the last off season, you thinking, Hey, this season came out of nowhere, you know, maybe, this isn't the right opportunity. You kind of want to see him do it again, but now that he's done it again, you got to take that opportunity and go ahead and uh, get a, a dominant player in some way, shape or form. And also I feel like you kind of need to get another star or something on offense, you know, just to help out Josh a little bit. So he's not doing it all by himself. Him and Stefan Diggs, of course, Gabe Davis is coming into his own, but another weapon out there would be dangerous. It would absolutely be dangerous. My man, Pierre says he agrees. He failed to pull that digs type of trigger for that impact pass rusher. 100%. 100%. If you get a digs level pass rusher, where's the Super Bowl team? And it's not even close. I feel like I, I said it on Twitter. I feel like Leslie Frazier's defense is, is not a bad defense. I mean, we do not have a number one overall defense roster wise. On paper, it is not even close to the number one overall defense, but he maximizes the potential of the players that he has at his disposal. So you give him a dominant pass rusher, all of a sudden, I think that Ben don't break defense is something a little more. I think that that's a, you know what I mean? Three and out, you know, most, you know, uh, against most teams and in most situations defense, because the, the secondary blankets people and then the quarterback, we having four or five, six, you know, seconds to pass the ball. And then eventually somebody comes open. But mm -hmm. if you have, you know, if we would have had say, for instance, a, uh, a Hendrickson, you know, 14 sacks is he with the Cincinnati Bengals. But if he was in mm -hmm. Buffalo, if he's mm -hmm. back there, you know, making quarterbacks rush and, and putting people, you know, collapsing the pocket and whatnot, I think this is a completely different story. The Our Bills. leading sacker, leading sacker had what five sacks? Like, come seven on, seven sacks, seven sacks, Mario Addison. And yeah, you said it, and you said perfectly, you know, you know what it is about the Buffalo Bills? They play great, sound, fundamental football, right? They're they're equivalent to uh, NBA basketball team that doesn't have no star defender but plays great team defense. That's what the Buffalo Spurs. Bills. That's that's what the Buffalo Bills are, and and we we maximize the the talent of the players of the defense. But now it's time for the players to maximize the 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 play calling and of of the defense. Now, right? We need the players. We need some uh, some obvious impact players to maximize this whole defense. Uh, we have to be honest with ourselves. We love Dane Jackson. We love Levi Wallace, but we're trying to run for a Super Bowl and we got an undrafted guy in the seventh round pick is our starting cornerbacks. Our slot cornerback is a fourth round pick. Our two safeties are fifth round and seventh round picks, be it they're all pros, but we have to start getting uh, more impact players and we got to start getting impact players in, in, in necessary, necessary times and necessary positions. And that's early in the draft, right? I think it's not. It's time for the Buffalo Bills and to get players to maximize Leslie Frazier's defense. Now, Pierre, Pierre on fire in the comment section right now. He brings up a, a very good point that I, I kind of want your opinion on. Right? Mm -hmm. He says, "Talk on the streets is if ro if rotational McDermott loves to go with you know on the DL, uh, maybe there's the reason Bean is afraid to pull a trigger on that side of the ball, basically meaning." Bean loves his or McDermott rather loves his rotational defensive lineman, right? Mm -hmm. Uh he, he's giving everybody fifth, you know, between 39 to 57 percent snaps. You know, nobody's really getting dominant snap percentages. Um, and if I'm a dominant defensive pass rusher and I want 75 to 80 percent of the snaps, and now I'm in this rotational situation with you know Boogie Basham. You know, is that is that something that I want to deal with or is that something Bean feels like, you know, he needs to go get a big name just to have him on the field for only 50 percent of the time? So in theory, right, you have a rotation, you have you have a wave of guys coming in. And when you have this wave of guys, in theory, you want to keep the defensive line healthy. I mean, a defensive line healthy and defensive line are fresh. fresh, right? So when the fourth com quarter comes in, these these wave of defenders are fresh throughout the course of the game but we have to get the necessary players in order to make that happen sometimes the players are just not just not good enough sometimes they're not at the point where they're ready to take their game to the next level Gregory Rousseau is a rookie Carlos Basham is a rookie 
Mario Addison is past his prime. So is Jerry Hughes. So is Starla Tule, right? So when you have these guys, in theory, it makes sense, but you have to think about the actual production, the actual talent of the player. And that is that is lacking from the Buffalo Bills defensive line. And right now, the only player that I, I trust the most amongst the defensive front is, is Ed Oliver, right? And what and what's, what's up with Ed Oliver? He's young and he's athletic. He's a sideline to sideline player. He's quick. He got a quick first step. He got uh, a short area burst. He has the necessary tools to be successful. And that why and that is why he is successful. So I think we got to get more players like a Ed Oliver that possess that athletic ability and can make impacts along the defensive front. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I think that that is something, you know, Buffalo Bliss Creek, he, he says, you know, to be fair, it's tough to find 10 plus sack guys. And it's very fair. Um, but, you know, every year, virtually every year, somebody's available. You know, some team is not as good as they thought they were going to be. And, you know, they're trying to, you know, get something for something or, you know, Bean is is, is pretty smart. I think people mm-hmm. want to come play in Buffalo. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think this is the best opportunity since the K-Gun, you know, offense, you know, since since the Super Bowl era for the Bills to, you know, go ahead and, and find people to actually want to come play, you know, with this team because they want to play with Josh Allen. They want to play with Leslie Frazier and his number one overall defense. And they want to go beat, you know, Patrick Mahomes and, and everybody else, you know what I mean? So I think this is the, the best opportunity that they have, um, you know, to, to get, you know, valuable assets to come to Buffalo. Um, but I kind of want to get into the NFC championship game. Mm-hmm. The Los Angeles Rams pull it out. Uh, they win by a field goal and they beat the San Francisco 49ers in LA. Uh, it'll be the Los Angeles Rams versus the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl. Now, I feel like a lot of people, myself included, had the Los Angeles Rams make it to the Super Bowl. Obviously, not very many people saw the Bengals making it, mm-hmm. if anybody at all. I don't, I don't know if the Bengals players saw them making it. Um, but uh, what, what did you think uh, coming out of the NFC Championship game? Uh, the Rams did what they had to do. Uh, Sean McVay got over the Kyle Shanahan hump, right? Uh, Sean McVay has been struggling in recent games against Kyle Shanahan. He's always had the more talented team and he's came in this NFC championship yesterday and they did enough to, to secure the victory. Matthew Stafford, 31 to 45, 337 yards, two TDs, one interception. This is the reason why you went ahead and got a Matthew Stafford in the offseason, right? To get over this hump. Who knows if Jared Goff would have beat this San Francisco 49ers team in last night's ball game. This is the reason why the Rams went and got a Jalen Ramsey. It's the reason why when Cam Akers got hurt, they traded for Sony Michelle. It's the reason why when Robert Woods got hurt, they traded for Odell Beckham. It's the reason why they they traded for Avon Miller. And that reason is, is what we're about to witness in a couple of weeks, a trip to the Super Bowl. So they made, even though they was aggressive, and even though a lot of people won't agree, they made necessary moves to get to this point. And I think they're they're in the driver's seat, in my opinion, with Aaron Donald and that pass rush. And you have a guy to mitigate the talents of Jamar Chase with, with Jalen Ramsey. They match up really well, and they put themselves in the driver's seat to hoist the Lombardi trophy because of all the moves they felt was necessary to make. So got to congratulate Sean, uh, Sean McVay on his victory and what they was able to accomplish in last night's ball game, coming from behind and, and still in the victory. Uh, absolutely. I, I, I agree. Um, however, the, the Rams, I mean, they, they, of course they, they go, they went all in, you know, and I kind of referenced the Eagles, you know, the Eagles won it all, you know, mm-hmm. obviously the whole, Carson Wentz, Nick Foles, the buckle was, was in place, but mm-hmm. now they have a completely new quarterback, not Carson Wentz nor Nick Foles. They don't have the same head coach. Mm-hmm. This is what, four, if five years later, if that, you know what I mean? And um, we got a situation where the, the Eagles are completely irrelevant. You know, mm-hmm. I think they made the playoffs this year, but that was a little fluky. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they could replicate that next season. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the Rams are going to, 
you know, kind of regret this going forward? Or do you think they may be able to maintain it, you know, with, with McVay and keeping golf and seeing what happens? Now, here's the thing. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to maintain all these guys, and especially with the lack of draft capital and trying to maintain all these players they traded for. It, 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 the future, it, it doesn't look like they are able to be able, uh, they are able to sustain the success, right? Because of what they was able to give up. But at the same time, if you're a fan, right? If you're a Buffalo Bills fan, if we take the Rams out and we put the Buffalo Bills in there with all their draft picks and all the things that they did, wouldn't you, how would you feel as a fan? Would you trade that in for a chance to hoist the Lombardi trophy right now? I would. <laughs> I would if I can win a Super Bowl right now, I would I would trade that in a heartbeat. And I know that you want to be able to sustain success, but at the same time, being a fan that's never saw my team uh win a win a championship before, being a fan that never had a parade in in, in the city of Buffalo, that is something that I, I I'm willing to to do. I want to see my team win because it, it's it's it it may not happen again. It may not happen again. So I, I agree with you. My my only pushback to that would be if I was any other team that wasn't the Chiefs, the Bills, the 49ers, the Cardinals, I would agree with you. But if I'm any of those teams, I say, yo, I have a recipe for sustained. I'm sorry, sustained success. Say that three times fast. Um, I, I I have a quarterback, a quarterback's quarterback, right? Like one of the guys, you know, one of the one of the top ten, top five talent guys, right? I have a defense that is can can get it done, could win me a Super Bowl if if my quarterback is on, and I have an offense around my quarterback that you know, is, 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 is very good. And, and I know that I'll be successful long-term I'll throw Bengals in there as well. Mm -hmm. I don't, I wouldn't want to risk this sustained, su sustained success with this potential sustained success for a win now proposition, because a, if you don't win now uh, and B you could win now multiple times over the next decade, potentially. And I was going to say that what what does what does that mean exactly? Sustaining success. What does that mean? Green Bay Pack has been sustaining success. That's a good point. What, what, what cautionary has, tale? Yes, you're what, right. What has sustaining success for the Green Bay Packers got them uh, eliminated every year? So, do you want to sustain success and go to the playoffs, ten and six, uh, uh, ten and seven, uh, twelve and five? and make the playoffs every year and lose? Are you satisfied with that sustainable success? Or would you rather hoist the Lombardi trophy and you might not make the playoffs a year or two after that, but then you come back in, conten in contention again? So it's, it's interesting when I hear this word sustained success, all these teams that sustain success don't be winning Super Bowls. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out what this sustained success means because after a while, when I make the playoffs every year, that becomes the expectation. The expectation becomes higher, you know? So I think when we talk about sustained success, it's, it's you could say that if you're a team that don't make the playoffs every year, right? If you're a team that haven't made the playoffs, if you're the New York Jets and you haven't made the playoffs the last decade and you're a fan and you're not used to your team going anywhere, that's type of talk. Y'all want to sustain success. I want to be able to make the playoffs every year. But after a while, when you do make the playoffs every year and you lose every year, we're like, all right, what's now? What, what, what are we doing next? What are we doing here? What, what's going on? Andy Reid was sustaining success all them years in Philadelphia and didn't win. Andy Reid was sustaining success with Alex Smith, and he had Travis Kelsey and, 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 and Tyreek Hill. But sustaining success wasn't enough. He said, you know what? We have to go and make these necessary trades to get us over the hump, and let's go and get a Patrick Mahomes. Even though Alex Smith is getting us to the playoffs, even though we're sustaining success, we need to make other necessary moves to get over the hump. So that's sustaining success is like, uh, what what's the real definition of that? All right, I give you that one. You, you tore up already. <laughs> that, was, that was a good ass rebuttal. I ain't even gonna lie to you. That was a good one. Um, <laughs> as, as far as uh, I kind of wanted to get into like the the Forty Niners and what you see from their future, right? Mm -hmm. Um, 
I'll, I'll, I'll let you go and then I'll, I'll kind of get into my opinion of it. The 49ers future? Mm-hmm. The 49ers are a team that had no business being in an NFC championship game. <laughs> that team, they, you know, how they're constructed, they, they just, they're not roster-wise, they're not talented enough to, 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 to be at the point they was in. They have Debo Samuel, yes. They have George Kittle, yes. But beyond that, on the offensive side of the ball, they're, they're not a scary offense. But when you have a guy like a Kyle Shanahan and you have that defense, they have a solid defense and they have a defensive coordinator that, that knows what they're doing. So when you have a good coaching staff and when you have a guru as a head coach on the offensive side of the ball, they are able to maximize the talent of their players, right? It didn't matter who ran the football for the San Francisco 49ers. Everybody had success, right? Let's talk about sustainable success with the running game with the San Francisco 49ers. Matt Breida had success over there. Tevin Coleman has success over there. Justin Wilson and, and, and Eli Mitchell and now Debo Samuel. It doesn't matter who you put in the San Francisco 49ers backfield and they're going to sustain success as a rushing attack. Why is that? That's because of the expertise of a Kyle Shanahan. So in my opinion, as long as they got Kyle Shanahan, uh, they're going to be fine. Now it's up to the deep, uh, for the organization and the general manager to put the necessary pieces in place so the San Francisco 49ers organization could be successful. And that's what they hoping for when they drafted a Trey Lance. They hoping they, they, they drafted a guy that can take them to a next level and that can develop into a guy that, that has the potential to take them to the next level. So the San Francisco 49ers this offseason, I would continue to add pieces, continue to add pieces. And hopefully Trey Lance is that guy everybody's looking for the next Josh Allen, right? Everybody's looking for the next guy to take that next leap in progression. And, and every time that they don't, these young quarterbacks don't the first year, the first thing people say is, well, Josh Allen had a 52% completion percentage his first year. So I like my chances of our guy being the next Josh Allen, which is, which is crazy to say, but that's, yeah. that, but that's the hope that these teams have. That's the hope that Josh Allen gave these teams that draft a, a, a Trey Lance or draft a Justin Fields. So the hope is for the San Francisco 49ers is uh, Trey Lance can evolve into a, a, a better quarterback than, than Jimmy Garoppolo because all the potential is there. So it's about the progression now. Absolutely. hundred uh, percent agree. Um, well, to a degree, I agree. Right. Mm -hmm. I think, um, I, I think the, the 49ers are following the chiefs, you know, blueprint, honestly, uh, you have a brilliant offensive mind, uh, a la Andy Reid, a la Eric Bieniemy, a la Kyle Shanahan, right? Uh, you have a absolutely just unstoppable offensive weapon, Tyreek Hill, George Kittle, uh, Travis Kelsey, Debo Samuel, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you have a potential superstar quarterback sitting behind a average to slightly, and I cannot emphasis slightly enough like mm -hmm. slightly above average quarterback mm -hmm. and uh you know alex smith and, and jimmy garoppolo mm -hmm. jimmy garoppolo now it, it all depends on, on trey trey lance right mm -hmm. if trey lance is is as talented as they say he is then then this chief's blueprint will work and they'll be the the next chiefs coming out of the nfc you got a great roster great coach great quarterback and you run in a muck on everybody right mm -hmm. now if he's not if he's more of a jordan love type then it kind of hurts you uh because you basically end up back in the same exact situation you did with jimmy garoppolo mm -hmm. where you have this you know good offense good to great offense honestly and your quarterback is holding you back i think that's mm -hmm. exactly what happened with the 49ers i think mm -hmm. jimmy garoppolo is as good as gone uh i don't know if he should have made it back to the you know, training facility, if I'm being honest, uh, watching him go on those last two drives was just, it was, it was nasty work, man. I was embarrassed for him. I was sitting there just laughing at my TV. Like, bro, how do you screw up that bad? You know, in, in the NFC championship game, like, uh, it just, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's standing there. He's got plenty of time sitting behind the pocket, no pressure. And he throws the ball three yards behind the line of scrimmage to his running back on the check down. And I'm just like, do you know that you gotta go vertically up the field? Like y'all gotta score points, but no, I, I don't. And that's, uh, 
and that's the greatness in my opinion and and you know i got some i got some fight back for it even yesterday on twitter uh by saying kyle, uh, kyle shanahan is the best offensive mind in football yep. but that's that's the greatest that that that's that's the great thing about kyle shanahan he he masked the limitations and the deficiencies of the quarterback by offensive scheme right but when you get down and there's a couple seconds left and you get down and now it's obvious passing situations it's not on the coach anymore it's on the player to make plays now because the whole building know that you down the uh, defensive staff know that you down the defensive players you know that know that you down and now you have to be put in obvious past situations where the quarterback now has to make the play. And that is the problem with Jimmy Garoppolo. The, uh, his deficiencies can't be masked anymore because the team is down and the team has to win. So when you put San Francisco in those situations and you put those teams with those average quarterbacks in those situations, you start to really see the actual talent of the player. And Jimmy Garoppolo is obviously lacking in, in, in that ability. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. He's gone. Um, I I don't know how how Shanahan stomached them this long. To be honest, I mean, I guess he didn't really have a choice with the contract they gave him. But um, just watching him completely ruin what probably could have been one of the best, you know, some of the best offenses in the NFL over these last years has been just kind of crazy. Um, but you know, he did. You know, uh, Sean McVay got rid of his quarterback you know his his draft pick first overall draft pick mm -hmm. paying him hundred something crazy million dollars right mm -hmm. trading him away mm -hmm. when they got him a boy named matthew stafford mm -hmm. very same season they are in the super bowl probably gonna win it honestly you know um never know never know but i think i think they're gonna win too but never know the football guys is so petty for putting joe burrow on the offensive line against that rams front that is nasty work. That's man, that's bad. But um, my man Pierre uh, for heat before he left the room, he said uh, he'd give Trey Lance the Jordan Love treatment and trade for Aaron Rodgers. So the 49ers, you know, kind of fix one of the curses that have cursed them over the last 15 years. They trade for Aaron Rodgers, who they probably should have drafted uh, and, and pull in the Rams type of move and um, going to, to get that that guy you know obviously aaron Rodgers on that rams roster would be mm -hmm. absolutely nuts uh would you go and get that guy or would you you know kind of stick with trey lance or hey would you stick with jimmy g i would go and get that guy i would try to go and and it's not a disrespect to trey lance um me personally i don't know if he's that guy <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if he's going to develop into the guy that the san francisco 49ers think he's going to develop into but uh, if I was them, I would try to go and get uh, Aaron Rodgers. I would try to go and get a Russell Wilson. I would try to go and get a Deshaun Watson because we all know that the quarterback position is the liability of the San Francisco 49ers team. And, and if you have an opportunity to get a guy that's a top five, top 10 quarterback, like a lot of these quarterbacks, like a lot of these people think some of these quarterbacks are Aaron Rodgers, uh, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, you have to go and see and take that chance, man. So me personally, yes, I would go in. I would attempt to go and make a trade and get one of those three guys in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, whew, oh, man, that would be crazy. And I would love for them to stay in the NFC because we do not need Aaron Rodgers over here in the AFC. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we, we got enough quarterback firepower over here. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, people are super excited about obviously Allen, Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert, Jackson. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, is it's it's obviously a lot of talent coming out of the AFC. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so I, I kind of wanted to get into the Bills one last time uh for the night. I, I know we we kind of talked about, you know, you said you we need an impact player. Correct. Do you think we should trade away our first round pick for this impact player, or do you feel like we should go get an impact player for what we can, but also try to keep our first round pick to use that for a potential impact player as well? <clears throat> I think the Buffalo Bills have to do whatever it takes, man. Do whatever it takes. Uh, now we're not talking about a litany of moves like the Los Angeles Rams, right? But 
in terms of getting impact player or the, or the necessary guys, you know, do whatever it takes. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, they was over the cap last year going into the free agency. What did they do? Um, Got better. They 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 uh, they they try. It didn't work out like they wanted to, right? But at least they attempted. They saw the deficiencies they had with the offensive line and how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was able to expose that offensive front. So what they did, uh, they they made some restructures and they got they paid Joe Turney Joe Tooney five years, eighty million dollar deal, right? Now again, I'm not saying the Buffalo Bills pay that much money or go to that extent, but there are certain things that could be done. And if it takes getting a guy like Chandler Jones two years and you got to pay him $16, $17 million a season, I think it's something that you have to really look into. If you have a chance to trade up in the draft and get an obvious impact player and you may have to give up the first round pick this year and you may have to give up a player and a future pick next year to move up in the draft to get a guy that you feel can, can improve your team immediately, then, then do what you have to do in terms of in terms of getting that impact player. So, in my opinion, the Buffalo Bills should follow a structure of fast, physical, and athletic, and as well as getting impact guys. So that's that's the blend: impact, impact guys, and the guys that you want to develop. They have they have the 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 talent and the potential. Uh, in them to stay on the field this year, get on the field, make plays, and develop in of the course of their careers as well. So I think that's the that's the thing that the Buffalo Bills should do, in my opinion. And it looks like uh, the comment section agrees with you. Um, I, I'm of the same mindset. I feel like you know people love to talk about how Bean likes to you know kind of hold on to picks, but again, when you're not filling out your roster and when you already have a championship roster, you can kind of give up on some of them. You know, you know, you already going to have fifth and sixth and seventh round players that aren't going to mean anything to you because you already have extreme depth at like almost all positions. Mm -hmm. And then if you need any more depth, you can fill those out with the second, third, fourth rounders. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, practice squad players for our team are probably going to be third and fourth rounders. You know what I mean? Um, so you could package some stuff and go up and get an impact player um, and not really miss anything because half of your draft picks ain't making the team. So, like, you know, might as well. But um, And not only that, we, you know, we're a Super Bowl contending team. I expect us to pick 25th or later every year from here on out. Yep. You know, so sometimes you got to take that risk and do what you got to do. We know Brandon Bean loves his first round picks. We know Brandon Bean uh, loves uh, the conservative approach and loves to develop players. But we have enough players, core players, that needs developing on the team as it is. So why not mix up? Uh, uh, the structure of the team now add impact players along with your core players that's continuing to develop and and see where that takes us because we tried now this 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 way this route a couple years in a row and it didn't work out we fell short so now it's time to take uh, a more aggressive approach absolutely absolutely um i think before we get into final thoughts excuse me I got one more question for you, A. Rich. True. <laughs> I asked you earlier, you know, kind of what is the narrative on the Kansas City Chiefs now? Mm -hmm. You say they choked it away, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I got a statement that I want you to finish. The Chiefs dynasty is blank. Not over along as long as they got Patrick Mahomes. We talk about Josh Allen and the windows not being the, the windows open as long as Josh Allen's on the team. We 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 have to keep we have to keep the same mantra mantra. We have to keep that same mindset because that's still Patrick Mahomes. We can't say that about Josh Allen and not say that about Patrick Mahomes. Even though I love Josh Allen and I wouldn't pick uh Patrick Mahomes over a Josh Allen, but he has similar traits and similar skill sets. He is, at the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes, even though he still struggled in the AFC Championship game. So now, as long, go ahead. Real quick, real quick. I just wanna wanna differentiate between dynasty and window, right? Because mm. is the window open? Absolutely. I'm not gonna argue with you. That is 100 percent a fact, and I think anybody who disagrees probably is just being you know, difficult. They're not really, you know, following the game objectively. 
-hmm. Now, dynasty in terms of dominating your sport over a given period of time. Now, they have gone to four straight AFC championship, you know, games, hosted all of them, lost two of them, went to the Super Bowl, only won once. So all this success mm-hmm. is only accounted for hardware in two years. Mm-hmm. Do you still think they qualify as a dynasty? Uh, and you know what? That's that's an excellent question. How much Super Bowls they have? They have one, right? They have one. They have one. So I don't even think we can even bring up the word dynasty until the certain team fits the qualifications for a dynasty, right? And a dynasty is something like the New England Patriots winning Super Bowls. You know, once you win, once you win a couple of Super Bowls back to back or you two out of three years, then we can talk about a dynasty. A dynasty team, even though they have success in going to four AFC championship championship games, that doesn't necessarily fit the qualifications of becoming a dynasty. So right now, the Kansas City Chiefs, they're not even a dynasty. So I I wouldn't even want to have that type of discussion until they fit the qualification. Absolutely. And I agree. Uh, I'm just making sure everybody's on the same, same, uh, you know, on the same page here. Um, I, you know, because I feel like, again, of course, you mentioned it, you know, the Patriots, the only modern day dynasty we've seen, um, maybe the 49ers back before I was born. So, <laughs> you know, but um, mm-hmm. it, yeah, the window is open, the window is open, but no, di- yeah. no, 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 no dynasty, but the window will always be open with Patrick. Mahomes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I feel like you kind of got to win two in three years in order to be considered a dynasty, mm-hmm. um, obviously, or go back and then maybe win three in like four years. But um, mm-hmm. yes, uh, I feel like we're on the same page there. Um, Dave makes a great point. Nobody called Buffalo Bills a dynasty when they lost four straight. Got to win it. You got to win it more than once, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in a given period of time before I or, you know, a lot of people feel comfortable calling it a dynasty. But um, we're going to go ahead and get into final thoughts um, and, and kind of close out this chapter of the NFL season. Obviously, next we have the Pro Bowl. Um, and then, you know, we'll have a Super Bowl preview uh, next week as well. Um, we'll save we'll save Super Bowl predictions for next week. Um, okay. I don't know if you want to give any Pro Bowl predictions or like. <laughs> now nah, you know what? Let's just do let's just do uh, final thoughts. What's your final thoughts, man? Uh, excellent football season, man. I think the NFL show why again, despite of the horrible officiating throughout yeah. the course of the season. You know that's that's rather disappointing. I feel that the NFL should do something to get better more consistent officiating uh in this nfl because it's such a beautiful sport and it'd be such a shame when these refs blow calls to mess up games they right? really so, have messed up history you know what i'm saying so i i really think that the that the nfl should take uh, a deeper look into into uh full-time nfl refs you know we you always talk about you always pulling up uh the numbers and the, the millions of millions of people that watched this, the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs game since uh, 2017 and them certs. So you have the money. You have the yep. money. You have the revenue. Let's continue to progress and improve the game and, and get better NFL officiating, training, and, and a full-time staff involved. So that's, you know, that's one thought. Uh, and it's, it's other than that, it's been an excellent NFL season. It's been an excellent ride. It's always enjoyable when your team is a part of of the success it's always enjoyable when your team is is running with the elite teams in the nfl and us as buffalo bills fans even though we was disappointed even though we didn't like the outcome we was able to enjoy the ride and enjoy the success uh throughout the course of the season we are no longer a team that is is out the playoff contention come halloween or come thanksgiving right we, you can't enjoy the game as much as you want to enjoy the game when your team is not that good. So uh, I'm fortunate and blessed that the Buffalo Bills are as good as they are, and we're going to continue to root for them and 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 hope they make the necessary moves and decisions to take that next step and and hoist the Lombardi Trophy. So I'm just proud to be, uh, proud to be an NFL fan with uh, one of the upper echelons, one of the elite teams in this NFL in, in today's game. Uh, I, I echo every single one of those sentiments. Um, I've 
fully agree. I'll add to that that we are extremely lucky to have been blessed with a culture shifting head coach. Um, absolutely, absolutely just game changer, absolute game changer in Sean McDermott. Mm-hmm. And then to bring in an absolute game changer at the GM position that matches him so perfectly. And then to bring in an absolute game changer at the quarterback position that matches them so perfectly, you know, all of that just matches Buffalo perfectly, finally giving Bills Mafia a reason to be proud, finally giving us a reason to, you know, have everybody, you know, see us for the crazy fans we are, but we're really just passionate. We love our team. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, when they suck, we jump through tables because what else is there to do? You know, <laughs> but right. now that they're good. You know, you, you get to see kind of the full scope of those mafia and all that we have to offer. Um, super, super proud to be a, a fan of this team. Um, as well as you know, as you mentioned, it is a beautiful sport. I've uh, been watching it since I was a kid, and um, it's, it's definitely one of my, my true loves and passions. But, um, I, I thank you so much for, for joining me tonight. A hey, rich, uh, it's a blast having you on, bro. Um, thank you to everybody out there in the comment section land who, who rock with us all night. Uh, thank you for all the likes, the you know, subscribing to our channel and following us on all social media platforms. Thank you guys for all the support. Uh, we really appreciate it. We love you guys. This is Built in Buffalo. And like my brother Avery say, please, if you don't know us, please get to know us. This is Built in Buffalo. Have a good night, everybody. Go Bills. Go Bills, baby.